Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Walden. Today I'm in Barolo in Piemonte in northwest Italy. I'm talking to Stefano Chialo, whose father Michele founded the winery in 1956. Welcome. Welcome. I started by asking Stefano about his family's winemaking history. My family history is, uh, is very simple in the sense that uh, for four generations uh, the family was growers and uh, producer of Barbera Moscato in the Monferrato area. But my father, when he finished the winemaker school in Alba... When was that? Michele is uh, in 56. He decided to, to produce quality wines and uh, to be one of the Italian pioneers to try to export... Uh, Barbera, especially Barbera at this time, and was a great uh, revenge because Barbera at this time was considered a rustic wine to drink every day, but was very popular, very only for Piemontese food. Uh, his dream was to improve the quality. He introduced the malolactic fermentation, and in '58 also he produced, he began to produce Barolo. So it was a dream of uh, agricultural family. We have not the the noble. Uh, Ruth, uh, like in Tuscany. So in, in 1956, he was initially he was what growing grapes and selling them on to other people, and then he decided to make his own wine and bottle it himself. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was a young winemaker, but uh, he began to travel, uh, especially in Burgundy. And the first uh, travel was uh, incredible for the mentality that at this time there, there were in Piemonte because uh, wine in Piemonte was a local wine to drink locally. Uh, so you mentioned the food. Why, why are Piemontese wines so good with food? The lo- and what is the local food? Yeah, the local food obviously is very rich. Uh, Vero, pasta, like agnolotti, ravioli, and uh, burrito misto. Quite fatty food. Yeah, fatty food. But uh, this time, my father, during his travel in Burgundy, loved the elegant wine. Uh, the, the idea that the wine could uh, improve uh, the territory and improved the, the, the perception of the people was not easy because uh, I arrived to produce wine that uh, have a price that uh, was the double or three times was considered a crazy because in this time Barber have only one price but uh, my father really want to to have the have this kind of French influence to improve the the, the quality step by step uh, have the opportunity to buy the best uh, soy because my, my grandfather uh, and the old generation teach that if you want to produce a great wine in Piemont you have to be owner of the best soy the best vineyard soy best vineyard and uh, when uh, my family have the opportunity to buy the the single vineyard during the 80 of Barolo and the single vineyard during the 90 of the, the great Barbera Step by step, uh, we we buy the best land, the best vineyard. So, so you have you have two single vineyard barberas. You have uh, Leorme, which means the, the elm tree. No, Leorme is our classic Barbera. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a single vineyard, okay. but arrived from the most vocated soil for Barbera are in the south of Asti region, close to the Nizza Monferrato, where there is this kind of uh, Astianos and the soil that uh, was the bottom of the Adriatic Sea that is very poor in the organic, uh, but very rich of 
Michael Remetz, uh, that give to the Barbera this uh, the ricochet, this elegant sensation, this soft. Uh, and, uh, and what about La Corte? That's a, that, that is a single vineyard, isn't it? Yeah, La Corte was a really a dream that uh, for several reasons uh, we we want to buy before when we realize uh, because uh, the single vineyard in the Barbera feed are very small and it was not easy to buy this farm it was a historic farm because there are the cypress the, cypress trees uh, the cypress trees that uh, was the the symbol of the Toscan family that was owner in the past and uh, when we have this opportunity during the 95 we buy these uh, 20 hectares of uh, southwest uh, to southeast position incredible terroir and uh, we decide to produce a super Barbera that is the single vineyard La Courte. So La Courte is named after the court of what was the castle that was built uh, that was burnt down 500 years ago. So you you got the vineyard or your family got it in 1995. 1996 was your first vintage. How did that go? Yeah, this was a, a nightmare for me because it was my first uh, harvest that I'm very exciting. Uh, to try to produce important uh, Barbera. Uh, when we arrive at the end of August, uh, I get out from the winery, see a strange cloud. Uh, I run, and when I arrive in the top of the hill, I see that arrive this cloud and uh, arrive the hell. And so it was a really nightmare because I remember that I crying for uh, half an hour. Uh, it was totally destroyed <laughs> because uh, by my dream, my, by because was destroyed my dream uh, and first vintage you can imagine uh, how old so were you bad. then 96 how old were you 96 uh, I, I was uh, 27 my first vintage was 91 and so I, I was a young winemaker but uh, especially I am great passion in the vineyard so especially in Piemonte from 91 to 96 we have a bad vintage so it was the first good vintage that uh, I destroyed with the, with the hair it was a, a total but what did that teach you long term, that, that, that kind of experience about never taking nature for granted? This is a, they teach it that uh, when you, until you don't make the harvest, you are not sure what you have in your hand. And uh, especially it's very, very important the last 20 days of, uh, before the harvest, because uh, in this day you make the difference between one good vintage to outstanding or good to bad. If arrive one week of rain, the good vintage you have to bad vintage uh, but uh, if you have the uh, lucky that uh, the last 20 days are uh, dry and with um, nice weather you have in your hand a great vintage so all the work in the vineyard is more than six months but uh, when you have the grapes in the winery you can sleep before not <laughs> so you have um, some single vineyard barbarescos and your most famous one is the Fazette yeah yeah so tell me why is that so special Fazette is a special single vineyard because uh, it's in the heart of the barbaresco territory and there's a long story because um, uh, Fazette was uh, known in the last uh, 200 years, but especially is a special vineyard. It was planted more than 50 years ago in the southwest position. It's a very small uh, clone of uh, cluster that gives um, the composition of the soil 
and the microcrime give this kind of uh, character barbaresque, but very, very elegant with some spice, some hint of uh, Burgundy style. It's a totally unique uh, single vineyard. So it's on the top of a hill and southwest facing. It must be, what are the, what are the grapes like when you pick them? Are they big and juicy or? Yes, but uh, the, the, what is very particular, that is the, the size of the barriers, very, very small. And so the size of the skins are very thick. So you know that in the skins there are the polyphenol, there are the flavor, there are the color. The color. The and so when uh, you arrive in the winery, you can see the fresh juice that uh, smelling uh, with character when they don't begin the fermentation. So, But how do you make these wines that are so elegant and they don't taste heavy, even though they come from these very, very concentrated berries? You know, you need the sensibility to crush the grapes uh, with a great softness and uh, to have the, the right time of maturation with the skins that uh, when the skins uh, are uh, exhausted so you don't have to o- over fermentation over so you're not looking to make a really heavy over extracted wine you want something that's more food friendly more elegant yeah Tell me a little bit about Barolo. You have vines in probably Barolo's most famous vineyard site, which is the Canubi. What yeah. makes Canubi special? But Canubi is uh, the first Italian single vineyard because first bottle of Canubi was uh, still uh, conserved from a private collector was 1752. 1752. Yeah. is the dream of every Barolo producer have a piece of land in this uh, single vineyard because uh, is where the store is. With the story of Barolo, but also because it's a special vineyard. It's still uh, clay rich of uh, mar, but also rich of a lot of sand and give this kind of Barolo very, very um, intriguing in the flavor with the, 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 this kind of flower, this kind of uh, small berry and the licorice in the, during the evolution. But especially the texture of the tanning are very, very silky. And that is a, is a monumental Barolo, you know, that uh, all the Barolo wine lover in the life uh, love to, to drink uh, until one time uh, a bottle of Canubi because... Uh, but you, I mean, obviously it's a valuable vineyard. Did you just pick every single bunch or do you do a bit of a selection in late summer? What happens when you go into the vineyard? Do you think, well, we've got too many bunches or not enough bunches? What happens? Yeah, the secret is to reduce the quantity during the, the summertime. So how do, you do, how do you decide which berries to cut early and not the make white? Yeah, this is a, a lot of experience because uh, when the, the vintage is uh, too generous. We decide to make two green harvests, one in the beginning of summertime, but uh, the most important in the end of uh, August time, when you have the so clean, uh, so simple to see the bounties that uh, have a uniformity maturation. You decide to cut the bounties that have a little delay, are more pink or green. The bounties that remain have the same uniformity. I see a great wine born from the vineyard, like in the Concert. All the people sing and song together. All the, the bounces, the ripeness in the same time. In this philosophy, the wine born soft from the vineyard and you don't need new wood or to modern vinification to preserve the terroir and to don't have surprise 
you in the evolution. So basically it's like making, like your grandmother making jam, only the best berries go into the pot and any green berries don't go in and if you put only the clean stuff in you're going to make a great jam, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So what's a classic dish though with your uh, canubi barolo? For example, uh, I love canubi barolo with the braised veal, but also with the agnolotti with... Uh, so what is agnolotti? Is it a baby lamb? Is a rav- is pasta okay. uh, with uh, three different uh, veal inside, a rabbit... Uh, rabbit veal and... And, um, and braised veal. Yeah. So it's like a like a like, like a it's not a huge ravioli, is it? Yeah. But uh, you know, every house, every restaurant have a different uh, style of produce so ravioli, agnolotti, you know, by by my hand. Uh, you know, canubi is uh, totally wine for food, but also the all the barola are wine for food. But uh, really, what is the beautiful thing is that. Uh, some prefer one single vineyard, other people when lava prefer other single vineyard. They are so different that but the difference are uh, the richness of the Barolo territory. Okay. Um, is there anything else we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? For example, the other single vineyard, Cerequio. Yeah. Cerequio is another magical place uh, where uh, the soil is totally different to Canubi that is uh, only 300 meters far, but uh, we have a lot of magnesium and so this kind of uh, fresh note of mint, eucalyptus, uh, rosemary uh, have the character of the terroir of Cerequio. And, uh, You're almost like it's a little bit balsamic, isn't it? Yeah, though, right? balsamic. Uh, it is a very distinctive vineyard, isn't oh, it, in yeah. terms of flavour? And what about the Tortoniano? Tortoniano is uh, our classic Barolo, but have some of uh, unusual and special because more than 50% of the grapes arrive from the Cerequio single vineyard. Second reason is that we produce only from the good to outstanding uh, vintages, so in the normal or bad vintage we decide to sell the juice and don't produce this wine, you know. What tip would you, I mean, obviously Barolo and Barbaresco is kind of a mecca for wine lovers, sommeliers, you know, people who are crazy about wine. When people come here, what do you think they often miss? Do you think when they go home on the plane, you think, hang on, you didn't ask this question, or you didn't go and see this, or you didn't go and taste this. What would you suggest, what would be your must-do thing when you come to this region, apart from eating? I believe uh, to, to walk in the vineyard. If you walk in the vineyard during the summer and during the fall and you, you see the vines, uh, you see the grapes and you test the grapes because to harvest time, you understand uh, really the potential of the um, character of the single vineyard with a great simplicity. Only looking at uh, the, the, the vineyard, you understand how is so important to be a vigneron, a man of the vineyard, respect a winemaker. A good winemaker in Piemonte have the goal to preserve what the grapes uh, give because it's the conformation of the hill, uh, the type of the soil gives so many different, that is not stupid, but it's not a, so important give the winemaker style to the wine. Uh, the style arrives from the natural, what is really, you need the, the sensibility to preserve this kind of uh, personality from the vineyard. Stefan O'Killer, that's fantastic advice. Anybody coming to Piemonte, forget about trawling around wineries and looking at barrels and tanks. Get yourselves out of the vineyard. It's a fantastic place to walk around. Uh, just don't get hit by hell. Thanks very much for coming in. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank and you taste very your much. wines. a real privilege to taste your wines. You make fantastic wine, very savoury, very balanced and great with food. Thank, Thank you very much. Thanks, thanks to you. Bye. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.